Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. <laughs> this is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo! In this week's episode of Babs and Riss's Walk in the Park, we are talking about Babs' house going up for sale, the current situation of the Democratic Party, and let's see, the <laughs> restaurant in Canada. I'm- Hello, Riss. You. How are you on this fine day on my screened-in porch drinking strawberry margaritas that were made for us? Um, I'm going to say excellent. I love that. I love that about you. I love your positive demeanor. Well, your I non- mean, wait now, but think about it. I'm with you, so yes. A, that's awesome. Check. It could have been snowing out 10 feet, and I'd be happy. I wouldn't. Okay, check, check. Except if it was a tornado, I'd be a little that would, We would be in the basement. We would be in the basement. But ba- we would keep getting things done. And drinking. And drinking so in the basement, fine. yes. So wait, it's hanging out with you. Yes. Got to see your kids. Say yes. hello to you. Got to hang out with your husband for yes. five minutes. Yes. It's a beautiful out. It is. It is. Although maybe it'll start raining now. Your cats greeted me. I, that's the first time I've really they ever did. seen them at the same time hanging out and relaxing. They were so great. Jonathan is abandoning us. so super understanding. It rains in five minutes. Thanks for thanks for saying that on the, on the on the record. Sunscreen. That's right. You can still get sunburned yeah, I, in the rain. All right. All right. And the sun and the clouds. I'm worried about you. <laughs> all right. So for me, and we're drinking margaritas. We are the strawberry version, which you know, it's okay. <laughs> and, I know what um, the thing is. This does. This is like you put it in the frozen margarita maker. But it's not as frozen as it usually is because it uh, must not have been able to get enough a ice. lot of ice out. This house doesn't like refrigerator ice makers is oh. essentially the thing. That refrigerator is maybe a year or two old mm. and it's having the same problem that our other refrigerator that we replaced had, which is it doesn't want to give us the ice. It's very frigid and withholding. Well, okay. Well, this is my recommendation in your next house is get an ice maker. And okay. Put it somewhere. All right, but we already know where my next test is, and I'm and it doesn't have and space owning. for an ice maker. You I don't probably... know. I don't even know what an ice maker is. Oh, it's like a little. It looks like a little refrigerator, and then you just oh. kind of open it up from the top, and oh. it's got a drawer, and it just constantly makes ice. So when you pull out the drawer, you can just scoop it out, and there's like a, hmm. a literally a vat of ice. I will have to see if I can find space. They're like in that. little refrigerators. They're like the size of this box in front of, which just doesn't help our podcast no. people. But that's the it's size. It's like it an is. under the counter fridge yes. size. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see because as nobody on this podcast knows, because I haven't talked about it yet, is we are downsizing from our approximately forty-two hundred square foot 
um, house to a 3,100 square foot townhome, which is still 800 feet bigger than the house I grew up in with my parents and two younger brothers. So I feel like my family of four should be able to live in 3,100 square feet. Uh, I feel like it. Yeah. But we'll see. Oh, is this a social experiment? It's a social experiment. <laughs> That's correct. This is my um, micro experience. My my household is my micro level. And as I told you, I want to share something with our podcast listeners that I'm going to call local level. Oh, okay. And macro. No, we're going to even go more macro than that. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're, st- we're just local. We're just local now. I saw this story on the AJC, and it was so upsetting to me. All right, this title is, Atlanta's former city attorney billed $90,000 in secret consulting deal. As former Mayor Kasim Reed's city attorney, Kathy Hampton hired dozens of outside law firms that were paid millions in public funds. In 2017, Hampton used her consulting company to bill one of those firms, Paul Hastings LLP, $90,000, while she was a city employee. An Atlanta Journal-Constitution investigation has found. The firm then invoiced the city for Hampton's fees without naming her or her company, describing them only as outside professional services. All right, so I find this very disappointing because as a lawyer, that's just, like, highly unethical. Mm-hmm. And it's disappointing to me, too, that a lot of stuff has been coming out about Kasim Reed's administration since he is no longer the mayor. Right. He was term... I believe he was term-limited out, so he didn't run again. Um, and now yeah. we have Keisha Lance Bottoms, who's the current mayor. But I just really hate it when I see... And I actually had... Um, I, I had Kathy Hampton. She gave... A, keynote speech at a leadership program that I was running um, when I was involved with the Georgia Association for Women Lawyers and so I'm disappointed because I've actually had personal interaction with her and would have thought more highly of her. Yeah. Now the fact that I had to like basically write her CLE for her should have told me that maybe. Tell me what a CLE is. (laughs) Continuing legal education so to get Uh... certain lawyer credits to get a program accredited you have to have the program that you're doing and you have to have written materials that the participants can take with them oh, okay. to get the credit. And hmm. Lawyers in Georgia have to take 12 hours of continuing legal education a year. Correct. So, that I've heard you discuss. Yes. So anyway, I'm bummed that, you know, here's another lawyer embroiled in like an ethical, shady yeah. issue. And of course, there's all those lawyers at Paul Hastings who were involved as well, mm. knowing who was billing them, and then not disclosing. Uh, yeah. So I'm disappointed locally, but you're disappointed nationally. You're going to tell us what your <laughs> deal is. So we've gone from household to micro, micro household to local, and now you're going to tell us what your national misgivings are. My national misgivings about the Democratic Party are very simple. I don't know how it's possible that there are that many people you should try and okay good luck take the spoon out well let's mix it up a bit oh that's what jonathan would have done that's what jonathan would have done whatever all right (laughs) back to the nation okay so there are every week i feel like there's a new democratic um nominee or somebody who wants candidate candidate who wants to throw themselves into 
the But how many? What's the what's the f- Oh, I forgot to look it up. You should I look did. it up okay. because I would like to remind everybody that it was like 17 Republicans at oh, some yeah. point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In 2016 before, you know, Donald J Trump as he would tell you like successfully squashed them out of the race. Right. So I just want to know if they've exceeded 17 because I have a lot of We're up to 22. All right. <laughs> well, so 20... what we're saying here is the Democrats are bigger and better. Yes. <laughs> All right, 22. I wouldn't go that far. Is However, there a list? Uh, yeah. I want to know if I haven't heard of any of some of these people. Have you heard of Michael Bennett? Not as a politician. I feel he's like um, a football player who maybe played for the Patriots at some point or wants to play for the Patriots or is the twin brother of somebody who played for the Patriots. Americans will have entered the race. Okay. Oh, no. Or formed a presidential exploratory committee. So that's kind of like... All right. So they're not... They haven't all officially announced, maybe. But who are they? Is there a list? Yes. Okay. Michael Bennett. Democrat. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden. Cory Booker. Pete... Buddha, Buddha Jeje. Buddha Jeje. Is that how you say it? That's how he says it, apparently. Okay. I guess Julian Castro. Don't know that. John Delaney. Nope. Tulsi Gabbard. Nope. I've heard of that person. Kirsten Gillibrand. Yep. Mike Gravel. Nope. Kamala Harris. Yes, Kamala. Kamala. Okay. John Hankenlooper. How could you forget oh, that name? I've He's, heard of him. I've yes. never heard of him, but I would have known Pick him. Pick Looper, yeah, I've okay. heard of him. Jay Inslee. Nope. Amy Klochabar. Yep. Is that how you say your name? That's how. Yeah, I'll say that's it. what I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wayne Mason. Nope. Seth Moulton. Nope. Beto O'Rourke. Yes. Tim Ryan. No. And now, well, Bernie Sanders is here listed as an independent, <clears throat> even though it sounds like. They're kind of lumping him in right now. Okay. Um, let's see. Eric Swalwell. Hang on. I feel like I've heard him. Heard okay. of him, yes. And then Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Bill. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Marion Will- Williamson and Andrew Yang. And that's it. No. All right. A lot of those. Marion Williamson. Is that an author? I feel like she's an author. I feel like I... Where's the the woman from Hawaii? What's her name? I oh, I can't remember her name. Wait, did you say Elizabeth Warren? So Elizabeth, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big list. All right, so, but of those 22 people, most of them have officially announced, but some are listed just as exploratory committees? Yes. Okay. And they don't differentiate. Okay. In oh. this list. Okay. In this list. Interesting. Um, list, okay, no, we can... Here it goes. I can just um, list of. Does it say? Oh no. Yeah, these are. I read off all the people who are registered. Okay, but your thing is you don't want another election, regardless whether it's Republican or Democrats, where you just have such a big field. Yeah, and, it's and you know what? The down. only thing I would say out of all of them, the, the I think because of Trump, he's created such um, an environment where it's okay to go ahead and say something completely outrageous mm-hmm. just so you can get your name out there mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the Democrats are saying modeling that stuff yeah just so they can get their name out there and I'm like I don't like that because when I follow people like 
let's say Amy Klobuchar, mm-hmm. she's not saying anything outrageous. And what's concerning me is that someone like her who has a, a, a level head mm-hmm. might not, it will get overlooked even though she's really looking f- into the interests of the people. Yeah the right way to do it she's trying to do everything the right way mm-hmm. and she's saying the right things and she's trying to do the right things and it's like she knows the process she's a right. politician she's been at it for a while a lot of these other people have as well mm-hmm. i'm not taking away from elizabeth warren mm-hmm. or, or gillibrand or some of the other more popular people but that's my concern there's such a strange environment right now yeah. Where people are just saying something slightly outrageous or it's just something to get their names out there. But you're familiar with this because this is what Trump did. Exactly. In and I wish they would remove themselves from that behavior because that's not. But Trump was that's the environment he's created. Exactly. He won. So exactly. To them, I mean, this. So I can see them looking at it and thinking, well, Trump fired up his base mm-hmm. by being who he was. Right. And so, of course, I don't... I wouldn't necessarily think that the base of each party has similar tendencies, but I suppose they could, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, they're not aligned on policy positions, but the most extreme of both sides maybe get riled up by inflammatory language that supports their belief system. Right. Um. Yeah, I'm all about experience. I mean, I just thought it was a joke that... I mean, I Hillary, you know, she won the popular vote. That's fine. I feel... I was somewhat, you know... I felt somewhat assuaged that, you know, at least most people in the country voted for her. But I was like, the woman has more political experience than any candidate to run in the history of presidential elections, and that's not good enough because people don't like her. I'm like, but what is likable about Donald J. Trump? Right. He's not a likable person. So, anyway, I don't know. The Democrats, I think, won't be... I don't think anyone on their side will be as outrageous as Trump. I don't think anyone on their side will personally attack people's physical appearance no, or what right. they're Absolutely. wearing. Yeah, yeah, no. no I do right. think that they will call them out on things and it's like somebody I was somewhere along the line, you know, people write about politics and they're just saying like one of the flaws of our system and us as voters is just we don't accept we can change our minds about things but we seem to be unwilling to accept that a politician could change his or her mind right it's like one of the things i recall trump and the republicans giving hillary a hard time about was that she had voted against war in afghanistan maybe and then she changed her mind like she had two different votes on that over the span of the years and I can't remember which one came first but first she was either for it and they were calling her a hawk and then a number of years later she voted the other way and it's like well yeah because maybe she paid attention and saw what was happening and changed her mind but no one's given the opportunity to explain themselves right so you can change your you you personally can change your mind but in the in the eyes of the the voters it's like well why did you change your mind and and then it's like well I'm not even going to listen to your explanation right because you change your mind. Yeah. And well, do you remember? I think it was the I think it was Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush. I think it was that election where the big thing was you can't be a waffler. 
Right. If you're a waffler right. and they'd have like these little cartoons with right, waffles right, right, on right, them. Right, right, And I just thought, oh my gosh, like actual personal growth and cultivating intelligence is actually being able to look at things through different lenses and change your mind if necessary. Right. And I just, it is funny that we somehow think our politicians have to tow the same line. I'm like, well, then they're not paying attention or... Right. I don't know. I mean, the world is a complicated place, and things might make sense at some point, and then you learn more information, and it doesn't make sense anymore. Right. And that makes sense to me. Okay. Me too. Just saying. Me too. So I didn't stir my margarita before pouring it. Yeah. You stirred it after. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's making our lips red. Is it? I was. There's a lot of food oh, coloring dang in it. There. Dang it. All right. So we've gone micro, we've gone local, we've gone national. Mm-hmm. And now I just want to take us back to that great country of Canada. Oh. Excuse because, me. you know, I What's said, going there? well, so Canada. Should we just move there? Well, I've tried. It's not that easy. Oh, that's right. We've had that discussion. We've had this discussion, yes. So this was interesting, though. Um, a friend of mine shared this on Facebook, my friend Alice. Uh, It's an NPR article called Food for Thought, and it says Toronto Restaurant Fights Waste by Chopping Menu Prices Till Food is Gone. And so it talks about this chef who's at Toronto's um, Farmhouse Tavern, and they don't want to waste any food. So it says it's 3.51 p.m., and Chef Ashley McNeil is busy planning how to run out of food. Sunday brunch service has ended at Toronto's Farmhouse Tavern, and she has already cubed and deep-fried the morning's excess biscuits into croutons to adorn tonight's house salad. Now she is fretting over an excess of shaved Brussels sprouts, which isn't Mm. something she wants to freeze. She sighs and hopes it will be a big salad night. (laughs) So anyway, this whole... um, The principal of this restaurant, it says the game begins around 5 p.m. as the horseshoe-shaped restaurant begins to fill with diners ordering buck-a-shuck or dollar Canadian or one Canadian dollar oysters. And they have these promotions. It says that the promotion is just one of eight hourly food and drink discounts designed to attract and retain customers on Sunday evenings. The goal is to sell out of perishable food and open bottles of wine so that farmhouse can shut up shop with an empty refrigerator for the three consecutive days when it is closed. Oh, and this weekly event is called Fuck Mondays. <laughs> In the article, it's called F asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. But I know that that means fuck. So. <laughs> anyway, it is interesting. And they said they're really just trying to... This is a philosophy that they're trying to get people on board. Come thumb your nose at Monday by enjoying an affordable evening that'll help us finish our food and drink. And I guess it's pretty expensive. Toronto is a pretty expensive city, and it's pretty expensive to eat out there. And hmm. so that is um, one of the marketing tools. You know, she's like, I hate freezing stuff, and I hate throwing out food. Yeah. And so we needed to find a solution that could help us use up as much as we could before closing for three days. So that's interesting, because they must be open, like, just Thursday Four to Sunday yeah. then. Oh, close okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Interesting. I know. It says that... Um, it does take a certain amount of managing and mental energy, but it's worth it at the end of the night when there's virtually no food left. So that's pretty cool, I think. And you know what? That's, like, um, happening in Canada. So, just saying. I bet it happens places here in America, too, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot of wasted food because I think it's just because it doesn't look perfect. They throw it out. They throw it out. Of course, I'm always thinking, I mean, almost anywhere you could box that food up and take it to a homeless shelter right. for you know, and serving. There, there are places that do that. Yeah. But I, don't, I just don't think it's done at the level it needs to be done. Well, because there's probably a lot of logistics involved as well. Yes. So. And maybe it happens more in the cities than it would happen in the suburbs. True. But that's Farmhouse Tavern, so we can add that to our Canadian tour that okay. we're going to do. Yeah. Because remember, we're starting up at that island. Oh, yeah. Oak. Oak Island. Oak Island. We're yeah. going through Prince Edward Island and Nova Scotia, where my family's from. Then we're heading west. We're going to hit Toronto. Right. And now we're going to go to Farmhouse Tavern on a Sunday night. So look at how this trip is already coming together. Yeah. And you therefore know it's going to happen. Yeah. Because I don't say things are going to happen. You don't waffle. I don't, I don't waffle. <laughs> if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Yep. I said I was going to be in Victoria Falls for my 40th birthday. Check. Check. I have to plan something for my 50th. Which is, I know. We I have time, have though. Yeah, we have time. We have time. Maybe we should go to Austria. Well, do you want to go on and around your 50th birthday? Because your birthday is a week before Christmas, and that's winter. <sighs> yeah, and we but can I'm do a, it. I like winter. scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know I what? It's not scary I wish people could see your face when you do things like that. Marissa, it's scary. For the love, for the love. <laughs> okay, so let, can we just... In Austria, it's probably not scary, but... No. Have you ever been there? No, but... Like it's Jonathan beautiful. has been, and there were like questions of whether he'd get out of the airport because of the snow, and oh. he did. I, I, mean, I forgot to ask him where exactly he saw Bob Dylan, like what place? Vienna. Oh, the specific concert hall. Yeah, he'd probably remember. Because I did I think go it's a famous to concert hall, Castle Schönbrunn, but I don't know if that's where his concert was. I don't know either. It was probably right in Vienna, but Vienna's like really cool, man. Like you're always saying how you'd like to live there, yeah, or at least Sight in unseen. Austria. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, I mean you 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 would love it. It's just I know because I love the world. Again, abstract <laughs> and in theory, a lot of the yeah. people in the world, I don't love them. <laughs> They're annoying. Chris would say that. It's he would a, say people suck. People suck. It's another reason why I'm I'm trying to I'm downsizing to get away from people, but uh, and their landscaping tools. I think it's going to be worse. Nope. Okay. How could that po- How could it possibly I'm be worse? Play on it. How could it possibly be worse? Well, because first of all, you're moving to a place where you're gonna you might hear people. I mean, you're going to be in a townhouse, right? I think they're pretty well built, though. I didn't hear anybody when I was over there. Well, because they might have been at work. I was there at night. Oh. I was okay. there from like seven to eight thirty at night. Okay. Yeah. All right. I feel like our friends would have told us if it was like a noisy, horrible place. They'd be like, "Oh my God, don't move here. We're going to Sweden because like we can't to think stand they the noise." Would. I would like to think that. <laughs> so that's what I'm See, thinking. This to me is perfect. Like yeah, looking out. Yeah, because and... there's only like a stupid lawnmower or leaf blower off in the yeah. very, very faint distance. Yeah. They're not right here. Yes, right. this is enjoyable. Yeah. But. This enjoyment too shall pass. Oh my God, you're killing me! I know. So we're just gonna sit here and drink our margaritas, and then we're gonna go assess my house because since I am moving, I have no choice. I have to keep packing and organizing and purging. Yep. Such is my cross to bear. Oh boy. Yep. All right. All right. 
Later. Later. And here we find ourselves again. Somehow Riss and I manage not to be together to record the follow-up to our podcast recordings. I'm going to accept the blame here because I, Babs, have been very busy over the past month. I did move my new residence. I have named the Orchid, which is a reference to one of my favorite shows for anybody who is clever enough to Google that and figure it out or just knows me well enough and can guess. And I was also out of town in Charleston celebrating my 20th wedding anniversary. And it's just been a lot going on. So there's really not much to follow up here on this episode. Uh, except I did search for the name of the concert venue where Bob Dylan did his concert in Vienna. And I will butcher this pronunciation, but it is the Vienna Concert House, which I think that's literally just concert house in Austrian German. Uh, and Wiener, W-I-E-N-E-R, I'm pronouncing as a V because I think that's what they do over there. Um, and yes, my house, my previous abode is under contract. So yay us. We got an offer, uh, the first night that it was available. Um, and we accepted it and we're closing later this month. So yay, 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 yay. Anyway, the Wiener Concert House is a concert hall located in Vienna, Austria, which opened in 1913. It is situated in the third district, just at the edge of the first district in Vienna. Since it was founded, it has always tried to emphasize both tradition and innovative musical styles. That's according to Wikipedia. And yes, you can tell I'm doing this at work as you hear my emails chiming in the background. Its architectural style is art nouveau architecture and the architects were Herman Helmer and Ferdinand Fellner and now since this is not that interesting I'm going to end this has been a season two episode of a walk in the park podcast thanks so much for listening if you like what you heard please head on over to apple podcasts or google play to rate review and subscribe we'd really appreciate it you can also follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter, that's at a wit podcast. On Facebook, you can find our A Walk in the Park Facebook page by searching at a wit podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at a walk in the park podcast. We'd love to hear from you.